What are we doing today? MTN. Power Talk with Lira Dombele. So thank you to the news teams. Let's talk about something that's been very, very topical uh, and has really elicited the ire of many, many people online, uh, but also exposed us to the fact that, you know, the the simple among us, and I'm going to count myself among that group of people, we just assume that we deposit our money in the banks, we maybe open savings accounts, and we earn some interest on that money, and maybe we make a little bit of extra money, and we say, wow, I want to spoil my family and go on a holiday uh, to Europe or to America. And I will ask the same bank from my account to help me buy an air ticket and buy me some dollars and off we go. And everything is above board and the exchange rate that I'm told is the exchange rate is the correct one. 18.33 was what it was uh, yesterday. And we try to have the best of the holiday. And then it turns out that it's not quite like that. That when you put your money in the bank and it grows with interest, uh, that there are some complex mathematics that takes place there to decide what is the value of that growth, that add-on, because it will be what the repo rate is as per the Reserve Bank and sum. And that sum, which is, you know, based on the fact that the bank looks at you, looks at your credit score, looks at how you've settled your debts, all of that becomes the and sum of how they calculate the risk component over and above the official rate that you bring. And it turns out that the banks also borrow from each other at interest rates set. And those figures are done in the so-called derivatives market. So that's point number one. But whilst you are adding the and sum, they are also trading rands, dollars, rands, euros. And I thought they were buying it directly from the Reserve Bank. But it turns out somewhere as that money is moving, somebody is saying no, the exchange rate is 18.33, another one is saying it's 17, another one is saying it's 20. And yet we are made to believe that somewhere in the world in the ether, looking at South Africa's growth prospects, its figures, its debt-to-GDP ratio, somebody in the international currency markets decided that rate. And it turns out, no, it's happening in and around. So... I don't know how the system works. I don't. But Andre Siliers does. And he's going to help us understand what has transpired. Because just last week, the Competition Commission fined the UK-based bank, Commercial Bank Standard Chartered, 42.7 million rands for its role in currency manipulation. And please note, it's not the first time Standard Chartered was accused of this. Three times they've been held liable. But Standard Chartered is the only one so far, and I think APSA sometime in 2007. Those are the only banks that I know of that were willing to put up their hands and say, okay, guilty as charged. The overall investigation involves 28 banks. But as the competition commissioner told us last week, it's hard to gather evidence against the 27, 26 other banks. And so all of those tribunals keep falling apart. They have only found the ones where there's irrefutable evidence of currency manipulation. For the others, it is a suspicion. But a suspicion over 26 institutions? 
My goodness. Andre, good morning. Good morning and good morning to all the listeners. Thank you so much for coming through. So you could hear from what I said that we know nothing about uh, the curry trade and how the foreign exchange uh, is set and how the foreign exchange markets work. So can you begin there with us? Yes, I can. So actually, the foreign exchange market actually works very, very simple. Um, There's imports and there's exports. When you're importing, you need currency. And when you're exporting, you're getting currency. Mm. And that needs to be exchanged to rand if you're a South African company. Because, I mean, you pay your salaries and your rent and your... uh, everything is payable in rand so it doesn't help you to have dollars that you're earning or it doesn't help you that you have all these hands because you need to convert that to euros or pounds or yen or whatever the case might Mm -hmm. be to import certain stuff so that you can sell it again so these the two things we have imports and exports we have a demand for currency and we have a supply of currency and in between those trades take place in an open market and buyers and sellers meet each other. So very much like any other market, be it oranges, cars, or whatever, mm-hmm. there's an open market where this takes place, buyers and sellers, and the price is determined okay. on the day. Okay. Over a long period of time, the currency will move and it will weaken or strengthen. And that would be because your inflation rate differs a lot from the other countries Mm. or your interest rates it's much higher or lower than other countries and so forth okay i'm still going to ask you to simplify it even more for us so so what you've just said is you know south africa is not an island if i manufacture wine in the winelands i have buyers in america and in europe those buyers only have dollars and euros to buy my wine from Cape Town. So somewhere, my wine, which was made in Rands and using beautiful grapes in Stellenbosch, needs to meet the euros and the dollars before we exchange goods. And this is where this foreign currency trade is taking place. So that my pricing of the wine that's going to Europe can get to Europe and those euros can come into my bank account. And the banks facilitate this trade. Is this what you've just said to me? That is exactly. So the winemaker would go to his bank and say, client X in America has given me $100 for my bottle of wine. Can you please exchange it in the market so that I can get rands and pay my salaries? Okay. And then the bank would say to him, 1830 is the price, and so therefore I give you 1830. I'm taking 50 rands of commission to me, and there's a net amount of 1780 rand on your bank account. Right. The rate of exchange was 1830. Okay. Today is what you're saying. No, no. It comes an interesting one. At the same time, Another person comes in. So now the bank sits with $100. Now another person comes in and he says, a second client, and he says, Mr. Bank, I have bought a book and I'm importing the book from America and this book happens to cost $100 and I need to buy from you 
$100. And then the bank says, oh, I've got $100 that I just actually got from a winemaker. Mm. So I'll sell this dollars to you, but I'm a bank and I want to make a profit. So I'll give you an exchange rate of 1840 <laughs> and then I get 1,840 rand, I'll charge you a 50 rand commission, and then I get 1,890. But between that 1,830 and 1,840, where he bought dollars and sold dollars, right. I... is a, the one was a bit and the other one was an offer, and we have what we call a bit offer spread. Fantastic. Okay. I'm now on the same page as you. So he who was selling the wine got one price and he who needs to buy those dollars to buy the book gets it at another price and in the price could be today's rate plus whatever is being factored in as interest or a profit. Let's just call it a foreign exchange profit. Right. Okay. Because the bank cannot, he's got a dealer that he needs to pay a salary. He's got people in the back office that needs to settle these transactions and make sure that the money actually gets on the person's account, that they collect it from the other person. You know, so they've got administrative functions okay. to perform. They can't do it at the same exchange rate because then they'll make a loss. Okay. So let's so that's what's happening at the bank level. That's where individuals interact with foreign exchange. Okay, because we buy it from the bank or, or we help to access it from the bank. But the person who's actually holding these dollars in South Africa is the South African Reserve Bank, is it not? And the banks have to buy it from them. No. No, that's why we use this example of the one person buying a book and the other one selling a bottle of wine. It's importers and exporters meeting each other in the market. The Reserve Bank does not partake in the market on an active basis, on a daily basis. So what are their reserves? Because the bank doesn't just sit and have dollars. So their reserves is made up at times. They will, if there's, you can now imagine that if there's too many exporters, and everybody's just selling dollars all the time, then the land would strengthen a heck of a lot, mm. and nobody's buying. Then the land would strengthen a heck of a lot, and it would go to a very low level, and then the Reserve Bank can come in and say, we need to stabilize this market, so we will buy some of this excess export dollars in the market and put that into our reserves. From that reserves, they will go and invest their reserves. And that investment of their reserves will earn them interest and that interest will increase the reserves. So on a day-to-day basis, wine seller, book buyer, bank being where the trade is happening, the Reserve Bank doesn't feature at all unless there's a bit of a blip in the market. That's what you just said. Unless there's a blip in the market, they are not seen in the market. They do not partake in this active trading of the currency and yet, on a daily basis. And yet, Andre Saliers, we are told that the value of the South African rand at any given point in time is as a result of the decisions taken by the Reserve Bank. When they raise interest rates, or reduce interest rates, how they defend the currency. Okay, so there, in that, 
that's an incorrect statement. Okay. It's not just the Reserve Bank. A currency's value is made up of a lot of things. Mm. The interest rates and the monetary policy set by the South African Reserve Bank is but only one of those factors. Mm. What also comes in is, what does Mr. Gonangwana say during his budget speech? Yes, yes. In other words, fiscal policy. Yes, yeah. How well are we managing our fiscal policies? How are we spending our money? How much money are we borrowing and lending? And what goes into infrastructure? Mm. And how does the tourism industry look? Mm. How do we mm. facilitate mm. job creation? All okay. those things filter in. And then you mentioned in your introduction that we're not an island. We yeah. are not an island. Then comes a war between Israel and Hamas, yeah. a war between Ukraine and Russia, yeah. and suddenly the oil price moves mm. or the expectancy for economic growth throughout the world declines mm. and that will have an impact again on what happens in South Africa with our mm. economy and that influences the okay. currency as well. I think what the point I'm trying to make and I love how you're explaining it, I love it, I wish you were just here with me in studio. What I'm trying to say is to what extent do those fiscal monetary macro issues influence the exchange rate because when we hear about currency manipulation my personal assumption was, I don't know who's doing what, because I thought the rand dollar, rand euro rate is influenced by the budget speech, the medium term budget, uh, budget policy statement, the international carry trade on emerging markets, the stock exchange. There's many other things that happen to decide whether the South African rand really is 183 Yes, there's many things. And now let's go back just to the 1st of November when Mr. Gonangwana actually had his medium-term budget speech. Yeah. And the rain was trading before he started, the day before, was trading around the levels of 18.85 and 18.90. Mm -hmm. The next day he delivered his speech. And the minute that that speech of his, and this is interesting how these things work because... The rand actually reacts. He starts speaking at 2 o'clock, and by five minutes past 2, he's still almost busy with his introduction, but the rand's movement is already haywire. It's because at 2 o'clock when he starts speaking, the press release is done of his full speech, mm. and then those highlights go through to the market on electronic platforms, mm. and banks can see it, and then they react to it, and corporate clients and mines and mm. car companies and everybody can react to it. And then the rand strengthened to levels of 18 rand 60 mm. immediately after that because okay. the news that he came out with was that the budget deficit would not be as big okay. as what the market expected. Right. So, that the borrowings would not be as much as the market expected. And suddenly the currency reacted positively okay. and strengthened. Okay, so what you're saying to us is there are also many macro variables. What policymakers decide to do, how much money they keep borrowing, how much money they're able to afford to pay back, whether the economy is growing, all of those things also influence the exchange rate. This is what you've Absolutely. just said. Right. Yes. Now, let's go back to the issue at hand. So the banks, when they interact with me and the bookseller, they are giving me a rate. The policymakers and their actions influence 
this rate and yet somewhere somebody was able to manipulate it how did that happen please think about this and then you can tell us after the break i'm going to stick to the book and do the why okay but only after this message only after the message andre salias only in a moment so Sharon, the office in was telling me the way drip is so expensive these days. She's now waiting.